Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know what? I'd like to introduce a new uh, enhanced system rating, okay? This is for any redeeming qualities that that beer may have. Call it save percentage. Give it Ooh, a, I like a decimal that. point. Save you know, percentage. What would really? the save percentage of this beer be? Sapiens and welcome to the Brews and Bruins podcast, episode ninety-two. Landiscog, Gabe, our guy of season three. Uh, we are uh, the Hockey Podcast Network podcast, presented by Bruins diehards and Pride diehards, sponsored by DraftKings, unofficially sponsored by Miller Light and Miller High Life, and really any Miller product, I believe. Um, I think our brand goal for the next year should be to make that happen. I don't even want, like, I just want it to technically be a sponsorship. I don't need much. I just, just, just want a tear package is what you're saying. Just a stamp of approval. They don't yeah. need to get No, no, no. It's got to be, like, something so that it's not just, like, we don't do free advertising, you know? Yeah. We will do one beer advertising. They could send us, like, a tapestry that says Miller Lite. I was thinking literally a can. A tapestry. <laughs> An empty can. Just Miller Lite can, can that someone <laughs> shotgunned. <laughs> the champagne of beers. The champagne of beers that you don't get to enjoy because someone else has already done that for you. <laughs> do you have more beer in the fridge? I'm already uh, there's, a, there's a rec league in there. Uh, you want to do beers? <laughs> Lance, you got something there? That was there's disturbing. There oh, there's pumpkin head in there, too. Is, is it the season for pumpkin head? That's from the, 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 the Twitter. We're going to go with the Bill Burr. No. Uh, Lancey's here, obviously. I don't think Lancey counts as a guest anymore. He's kind of a I live here now. I've elevated you and Kat to, to just like part-time co-hosts. And honestly, we're kind of dropping Chris down to part-time co-host right now. But he is in the process of remodeling a house, so it's okay. I don't know if you noticed, but I updated the chart the other day. And uh, Chris, you're really slacking off. He yeah, dropped well, from like 89% to 88%. So Tough. The thing, oh, David Posternock, though. It's also my number growing up. But, um, through struggling, you find I'm yeah. leaving those winter else that I won't review those. Oh, yeah. No, we should review those now. They were terrible. Um, I think that counts as a review. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that one in a one second. One and one, or one and 37. One, one and 37. Bergeron scores. Uh, we have two more guests tonight. I don't know if you were actually participating or not, but. Live audience. We have a two-person live, 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 live audience. audience. Live more accurate. Uh, you guys can get a shout out. Lauren, say hello. Hi. 
Nope. All right, Sam. you could have used more. Sam, I, Sam's crushing the pizza out here. Sam, first of all, before we do any beer reviews, I think he's got a pump, and he's really going for it here. I'm going to send it to Sam for a beer and pizza review, which I think is going to be the first pizza review we've ever had. Pizza and Prosecco, a spinoff of Brews and Bruins. Yeah. Uh, Sam, the Brews and Bruins podcast works on a 1 to 37 scale. 1 to 37. Okay. And uh, you're not going ta- to be evaluating two things. You're going to be evaluating the drinkability. So how well can you drink it? How chuggable is it? So we're going to start with, the, I guess, the pumpkin head here, right? Yeah. The shipyard pumpkin head. Yeah. So, Sam, give us a sip of that shipyard, <laughs> the shipyard pumpkin head. Give us a sip of that shipyard. How drinkable is it? One uh, to thirty-seven. You think you crush them, or is it you know it's a little heavy? Uh, I wouldn't say they're chuggable. They're very tasty. Um, I set my limit at like if I'm drinking them one at a time, probably like four in a night. Uh, uh, I know one friend. His name is Ryan. He's gonna be jealous. He's not on the pod. He's very jealous. He claims he can drink like thirteen or fourteen, which is just astounding because there's so much sugar. In That's these. like some always sunny Wade Bog shit, right? Exactly. There. Yeah. Um, I'll give it all like a. 32. 32 drinkability. What about tasteability? How much can you taste it? Not uh, not how good does it taste, but just how much can you taste it? So we've discussed if you if we know the taste of pumpkin. Does anybody yeah. actually know the taste? But it tastes very good. That's that's what I, I feel can like say. pumpkin's it like one of those, good. it's like watermelon where like the actual thing tastes nothing like the flavor that everybody associates with like that's true. That's a valid you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I can say. It tastes very good. Uh or doing one to thirty seven on one to thirty seven, yeah. Um, I'll go 33. That's good. It's good rating. How about the pizza there? Where's this oh. from? Oh, this is from, <laughs> I got this on my way home, um, in Kennebunk. It's just actually at this gas station. It's called Cummings Market. That's a it's gas like, station pizza? Yeah. It looks like some wood fire, like good shit. Shasta to Cummings Market. It's literally titled, oh. it's literally spelled C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. Cummings. So, it's yeah. Cummings Market. Yep. Nice. Yep. Wow. Um, this pizza doesn't make me come, but uh, but it could. <laughs> but it could. It could. Just not hopefully in a room full of all of us. Exactly. But it could. It could happen. It could strike at any. No, moment. it's not. It's not weird enough. No. It's not weird enough. Um, I, I figured that counted as the review that it's not making me splooge. But uh, Drew, what are you drinking here, bud? Oh, so we got a lot of stuff here. If you if if you want beer or anyone wants a beer, I'll have wine. Drew just really wants to get to the re- And you have to review the beer. But review first, I will review the beer I had earlier, which oh, yeah. was... We didn't have it. We t- tried it. We tried it. It was a shipyard winter pre-primer. more pre- minute, Yeah, there are. There are two. I'm leaving them here, so you have to deal with them now. Um, <laughs> they were a gift from uh, Julia's work friend. We'll go with that. And... <laughs> um, they probably are expired. Yeah, they are from January, so they should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah, the Carnival Main Winter Warmer. Oh, are you Wait, taking another ship? Yard. We gotta take another Carnival? ship to review. Oh, it's Carnival Main. Yeah, that's their they yeah, that festival. A, we're just yeah. gonna get rid of. I've these, never right? covering that. We oh, yeah. do, we got a live review them. Okay. If you're oh, just gonna God, get rid yeah. of these, we gotta All take right, a yeah. sip. All right, this is a. This, I, again, this is a. Look, I don't like when the foam comes out and it's like immediately. It's like very, very, very like it's like coffee colored. You know what I mean? Well, it's a dark ale. Yeah, I don't like dark ales, and that's concerning to me. And I can do some like some darker stuff, but like this is just 
the review of this beer needs to be at your face the oh. second you took the sip the first time. Oh, no, it's not. Lancey, this is bad. This one isn't as bad. I think it's skunk, Because too, I had... Because it's again from <laughs> January. <laughs> Drinkability. One. Drinkability is a... I don't, I don't know if we do decimals here, but I was going to give it like a 0. 0.5. I'm giving, I'm giving it a Swayman. We can round up to one. Swayman's great. Nothing against Swayman. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to... It's like a very low bitter, almost like a, I think that's a thirty-seven milkier. Yeah, the tasteability is a thirty-seven, but it's not. Uh -oh. <laughs> We're trying to do less of that so we don't get copyrights. Yeah, it's less than thirty seconds. I mean, it's a lot. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that beer is. I don't know, Drew. You got anything to add about it? It's like. It's like all the worst parts of like coffee. It's like you know when you get to the bottom of the coffee and it's like a little too thick and gross. Amen. But then you add a little extra like alcohol to it and you make it even more bitter. That's kind of what that beer tastes like. It's not good. You know what? I'd like to introduce a new uh, enhanced system rating. Okay, this is for any redeeming qualities that that beer may have. Call it save percentage. Give it Ooh, a, I like a decimal that. point. Save you know, percentage. What would really the save percentage of this beer be? Mm. Should we cap it at like a, a Tuca? Or is that gonna be no, I mean, you cap it as, at a shutout. I think it's got to be a regular, yeah. yeah. Uh, save percentage for this beer, uh, there's not many redeeming qualities for me. No. Uh, oh, man. See, here's the thing is that save percentage, like, are we save, going by like. Saving grace of this beer is that it's uh, a beer. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, realistically, it's like, a, I'm talking like a. Like a Point oh, like a point fifty, maybe point oh five. I guess it would have to be, and not a five hundred. I'm going like an eight point two oh two goals against average. That's what I'm he's going. not doing. Save percentage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't redeem call with the rebel yeah. yell. Like Drew just wanted to get more goals math involved. Average goals against average. Yeah, seems average. Uh, Lancey, what you got there, bud? I have, and this is totally not going to surprise anyone. Live from the Cold Harbor Studio, the Cold Harbor. Novocaine in my hands. The classic double IPA that is 8% alcohol. So by the end of this podcast, I will be feeling it. There you go. I like that can a lot. Yeah, can are you clean. feeling are you feeling it now, no, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> it's very classic and clean and uh actually kind of boring in in terms of art compared to some of the other ones that they have. Surfer Jesus is another one of their brews, and it's quite literally Jesus on a surfboard. I don't think you can make a beer right called that not have a ridiculous can. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have, like, He's just surfing on can. a cross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we need to bleep that, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm assuming it's 37s all around from Lancey. Uh, of course, 37s as always. Lauren, you're the to your return. Come in here a little bit. What you got here? Oh, we have old reliable. I've talked yeah, to Fear Up Yeah, I love pod. this one. It's the Harpoon Rec League Hoppy Hazy Light. Just, it's yeah. It's just like this is this is just like a quality beer you can always rely on. Um, drinkability. <laughs> drinkability. Um, a thirty-three, and tasteability. Thirty-four. See, Charles, the big. Charles, pure wedding. Charles, we got a pure wedding there. Very nice. 
Oh, but speaking of cans, the one that beer, or do you remember the beer from Falmouth? It's just a yeah. white can that just says beer. Beer. Yeah, no, <laughs> I've talked about like this classic. one. Time. Yeah, I couldn't remember who did it though, but yeah, I think it's Falmouth. It looks like similar to kind of the Cold Harbor one. But yeah, beer called beer. Yeah, respect. Um, also, main main beer company is very simple can or yeah. bottles, really. I really bottle, appreciate it, but yeah, they look good. It's, it's classy. It's classy. Um, before we're gonna get the listener questions in a sec, but first, before we do listener questions, but first, we should mention how Drew kind of looks like Tamu Solani right now. Oh, <laughs> the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, never ever 24 7, especially this summer, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports. You can fuel your fandom and feel the heat and feel the sweat like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more, plus with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Please talk about an upcoming game of your choice, matchups, pairings that interest you, who you'll be keeping an eye on, who most excites you, etc. Anybody who excites you to bet on? Um, not the Red Sox. Bergeron. <laughs> you can always bet on Bergeron. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, they go wrong. See show notes for details. That's good. See... Show notes. See them. Check them out. Notes, baby. Yo, we always work long and hard on those. No, I spent two seconds. I sometimes I <laughs> my, I like go back. Like, what did we talk about again? Even though I just edited it, but kind of mindlessly, just checking for you know volume levels. It becomes a monotone task after a while. Anyway, uh, listener questions. We've got a couple of them, and I think Lancey has them pulled up. I do because I'm staring at my laptop. Part-time co-host. What you got, Lancey? Well, we have from the one and only Tommy Orton. He asks, while Marshan is out, would you consider having Hall Krejci pasta as the first line? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of that's kind of like the thing about the the Bergeron Krejci one-two punch duo that the Bruins rocked for a solid decade. There is that like they pretty much were running two first lines, and mm-hmm. after that, they got a little steep, uh, despite the fact that they were pretty successful. Uh, yeah, Eric Howa was serviceable, not actually yeah. that good, but serviceable. Yeah. So Should if you look at like time between those two lines, I'm pretty sure it's going to be similar, and that's that's really what you're defining a one-two by. So I feel like. Yes, but that's not yeah. really like a change from yeah. regular, except for the fact I mean, that Krejci was. When you look at when they run those two lines, like a lot of it was situational. And I mean, Zone you saw Krejci, Lucci, Horton leading the way there because that was the offensively skilled. Um, and then you had <laughs> way back in 12 years yeah, ago. <laughs> but then you had, and then you had Bergeron and Marshawn when Marshawn was young. And um, Mark Recchi will just go back to 2011. And then it's just, Bergeron and Krejci are both very reliable and both very good, but they definitely have both of their own strengths. Krejci's a much more creative player. 
then, and then I think Bergeron is Bergeron does all the small things right. We can go on and on and on about how he's the, the small, small things. <laughs> Bergeron does. They make me sing this song. And that's the rest of the song. I was gonna say all day long. Oh, that would work. Fuck. Anyway, um, workshop it. Yeah. So like, it's almost interchangeable in a way, just with like the skill level they can pack with these two lines when fully healthy. But yeah, if you don't have Marsh on there, you're gonna play. I don't know. You play a first shot. We gotta see. But I would much rather that on the second line could totally see like. Krejci's line having the being the first line, which would just basically mean getting more minutes. You get the opening draw pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he might well, be so I was gonna say it's great that you reference the Claude Julian era Bruins because I mean back in those days he said he had two number one goaltenders, and that was a situation that the Bruins had several times in the last decade, even more recently, the Yarrow Halak Tukarask era. Now, you might just say this past season, Linus Elmark and Jeremy Swayman, quite literally splitting the season 41 games apiece, roughly, is a definition of tandem. Though, you know, quality number one goaltenders, that remains to be seen. Similar nature with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci in terms of who's your number one center. They both are. So if someone's out of the lineup because of an injury or otherwise then the other line is temporarily the first line for that night. That checks out. So, yeah, uh, Krejci, Hall, and Pasternak, you have to give it a go and should be pretty good. Yeah, I'll be surprised if that lineup doesn't kick some dick in. It's going to be a good lineup. <laughs> a bit different from the days of Lucci, Krejci, Horton in that, you know, your top scorer yeah. there was like a 30-goal scorer, whereas now your top scorer there is like 50, possibly. Yeah. So kind of, kind of good. We gotta actually do the meatball thing. This, uh, this. Um, I know what you're talking the about meme, the memes. The memes I did of the Pasternak oh, meatballs yes. tracking okay. the goals. I petered off after like 25. Yeah, a lot. Um, I have an idea for that. You could do like meatballs the size of spaghettios, but they gradually get larger for every goal that he scores. Ooh. Or you just add regular sized meatballs until the bowl's overflowing. Just trying to get creative here. Uh, and that's part of flexing on my resume for the folks at home. Anyway, <laughs> I can do Photoshop. What else can you do? Uh, anyway, <laughs> we have another question here from Eric Ripperson, who asks, if the Bruins somehow brought back Lucic, what line would you want to see him play on? Also, what beer would you pair with his first game back? Thanks, boys. Love the pod. We love you too, Eric. Uh, I'll take the start of this one because why not? If the Bruins somehow brought back Lucic, he would be on the fourth line. Yeah, yep. which they yep. shouldn't do. because I don't know how many Calgary Flames games he watched last season, but uh, he scored 10 goals somehow, which is impressive, but uh, he can't really skate anymore, which is the main drawback. You know, there's, there's some fans that are really wanting him back for pure nostalgia reason, reasons. A little... Shouts to Dua Lipa, I guess. Uh, a little nostalgia thing there. Anyway, <laughs> workshopping that one for later. <laughs> this is incredible, Nancy. <laughs> this is how my brain works. It is a bunch <laughs> of points. So, vintage nostalgia. Anyway, Lucic. 
a guy who once scored 30 goals once who can now score like 10 maybe (laughs) and all i'm trying to say is here that he scored eight more goals than nick felino last season they both have modified no trade clauses we know how much luch would love to be back in a bruins uniform if presented the opportunity though we also know he ideally want to win the Stanley Cup. And I don't really know if the team has great chances of doing that. Set your expectations low. That way you'll never be disappointed. So if you just were to get him somehow at like 50% reduced salary and you finagle something that you're able to actually make it work cap-wise, because when someone comes back from being injured, you're going to be over the cap if he's reduced to 50%. Which is why a three-team trade might work thing, work out a little bit better because you retain 50% the first time, 50% the second time. But now you're talking, it might make more sense to get them at the trade deadline. At which point, you're just going for uh, a depth guy to add energy, which the Bruins kind of badly needed at times last season. I'm not all for, hey, we got to have a guy that fights everyone on the fourth line. No, but you should have someone that knows how to hit. Lucic can do that, as proven by the broken pane of glass. Uh, and then as long as you have the puck in the other end and out of your own end, I don't really care if you can't skate that well, if it's not a problem because, you know, guys aren't getting past you to begin with. If it's at that end and it stays at that end until the first or second line gets back out there, you're fine. So I've went from team don't bring Lucic back to bring him back if it makes sense. And at this point it might make sense. Yeah, I just don't really see any feasible way of doing it, I but I would yeah. love that just to like the the boys are back in town, the boys <laughs> are back in town kind of feeling that's going on. Um, but I, I, really don't, I don't see a way that they would do that. I also want to note that in that year that he scored uh, 30 plus goals, I believe he had like seven or eight empty netters. <laughs> um, so it's not feasible like if if Lucic didn't win a Stanley Cup with the Bruins and he was just like a guy that was playing the NHL no one would be sitting here like oh we need to get Milan Lucic like it's just a 100% pure nostalgia which don't get me wrong if he did it and I if I read on Twitter tomorrow I'd be like Fuck yeah, Luch is back. I love it. I, have a I mean, they brought Glenn Murray back. back. I could Here's see it on him. Like, it's, he, it's not going to happen. Why would we do that? He's just uh, sucking for a while, but he comes in in the playoffs. He's still there grinding on the fourth line. He scores some, like, third-period goal in a game six elimination game. That, that would be and, awesome. like, that that would be his final chapter, and then he'd suck again. The main problem is his contract. Well, is I love Luch. Yeah, it's not going to happen with that contract and, like, they don't have the cap space for it, and you're not like playing around with your cap space to add Milan Lucic right now. If you're the Bruins, so um, any thoughts, Milan Lucic? Fourth line, I agree. He was good <laughs> ten years ago, like, and more recently than that. But like, people are remembering like ten years. It's ago, just Lucic because like, the the like age of hockey has like passed. Just because he was at, when he was, at, when he was in his. When he was in his prime, it was the, also the prime time for his kind of power style forward, of play, yeah. power forward, um, that has a big offensive upside still. You could um, have 10 Sean Thorntons on your team and win the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you'd be losing 10 to nothing, but what a time. Told the fans that. Uh, what's our next question, Nancy? The next question comes from none other than a recent guest of the podcast on episode 
91 of the season three. Do you got this is where I quiz you guys on your own show. Do you remember who you had on the episode before this one? Yeah. There you go. They ask Jack and Sean discuss. So his dad is an interesting Twitter follow. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Can you grab me a beer? Ah, no, get it yourself. Grab me a beer. No. Um, that's that's what I, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, honestly, haven't had many thoughts about Jack Sean lately. Not nothing against him. What you mean like, you don't think about him every day? Come on. You know, got a couple of decent looks. Look decent, but not anything that I'm like, really factoring into. Like, you know, what I mean, I guess the Bruins obviously have a lot of injury issues. He, he's season, looked so he's looked really good in the preseason games I've seen. Speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> people love Tory Crew. Like, last year, you mean? Like, yeah. No, 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 no. no. Like in past preseasons, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. That preseason doesn't matter. Was what I was saying. I don't really. I mean, he's gotten a couple looks, but um, I mean, yeah, I could see him maybe carving out a depth role just with the how in depth, a <laughs> not in depth this uh. Bruins defense is right now. Um, Given half the defense is going to be out for at least, you know. Well, yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm saying like healthy. I could even Normal. see him being a little reliable back there if he makes a good impression to start the season. If he gets that opportunity. Fourteen out of ten analysis. Uh, Jack Sean to me said it before on the show. Seventh defender for sure. He, he probably shouldn't be in Providence next year. He should just be in the NHL. Uh, my only problem is the Bruins have this weird obsession with taking a guy that's not one of the taller defenders and just being like, so you're going to be the next Ray Bork. And it's like, yeah, but not that doesn't always happen. Like sometimes there's Stephen Kepfer and he wasn't bad, but he was Stephen Kepfer. Sometimes they're Tory Krug and he was amazing. And sometimes they fall somewhere in between. So it, just as long as you have the right combination of six defenders it shouldn't be too bad uh given the status of the injuries and length of time that guys like mcavoy grizzlick and riley may potentially miss sean's gonna get a good look you know can he carry his own weight sure can he carry the brunt of the weight that remains to be seen i i think he'll fit in pretty well and ultimately when everyone's healthy it could raise, you know, a good old fashioned Marco Sturm type of trade where one of the current guys gets sold for nothing because it saves you cap space. So you look at Mike Riley automatically because he doesn't have a no trade or no movement clause in his contract versus Derek Forbort, who does. They both make three million in terms of cap it. One of them is better offensively, and Jim Montgomery has touched on letting Riley and Connor Clifton play more their own style of the game. Yeah. Let the leash, leash a little bit looser, and mistakes are going to happen. People are going to notice it because when you're a defender and you make a mistake, it's bad because the puck's in your own net, and people tend to notice that. Yeah. So, miss. you know, that's that's just the nature of where they're at, and unfortunately how the cap kind of plays into things sometimes because I would rather keep Riley over Forbort though. I understand if, you know, if Forbort is kind of more of a longer term Adam McQuaid without the injury style defender, 
and Sean can play up to the second pairing and everything else falls into place. You know, Lindholm and McAvoy stay healthy when McAvoy's back, then things are good. Things all is groovy in, uh, in Beantown as us locals hate calling it. As no one in Boston has ever called it. <laughs> We're probably in New England now. <laughs> I, uh, when I was actually in, uh, uh, early high school, I made a website called Beantown Sports Hub. So I guess I, I was. You invented the nickname. I was the first. No, but I was the first person from Massachusetts to accept commercial and only for commercial purposes. Yeah, it was to trick the outstaters. Drew's that guy that sets up a shop outside Quincy Market that just has all the touristy T-shirts that are knockoffs of all the sports teams around here, and. Nobody local buys one of those. We should Nobody. do a video of us outside the Boston Garden before a game selling T-shirts. Yeah, when I can afford to take it to a fucking Bruins game. Again. I, I thought that I thought know, know, was when I can afford to make T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, that's for, yeah. You don't even have to go through like a custom website. I wasn't going to just name drop one. No free rides. But you could just, you know. Yeah, <laughs> My God, it is disturbing how much like twins you guys have become. <laughs> anyway, I'm Tamu Solani, apparently. You are, if you look quickly and you see that hair and the stylization that you have. Anyway, in my DMs, I have a couple of questions from another friend of the podcast named Sean. I will let you guess which one. <laughs> there you go. Not not Sean Riley this time, though he was running me early. Uh, Sean Rajat, which I just want to make even more French sounding, if I may, uh, for some reason. He writes in, my question for the pod tonight, if it's not too late, it's not too late. You sent this at 734. We're recording this now, like an hour later. So anyway, what is your ideal reverse retro for the Bruins this year? We know what it's going to be without technically it being announced. Is that your ideal reverse retro? Though? So I don't want the Pooh Bear to be the logo. I want the Pooh Bear to be on the shoulder. I want the trim and the yellow. But I guess if they reversed it, wouldn't it be black with the yellow trim? That the, I feel like you got to keep the yellow because I love the trim. It's so it's so two thousand slash like eighties. And not 90s, I don't know, but which is kind of when it started, right? So, but I would totally go with. Oh, he's he's probably grabbing his Pooh Bear jersey. I I really like the trim on that, I, and I bring the bear back. Like it, it's cute. It's a nice fuzzy bear. It's incredible. Like that. Yeah, I can see it now. That I'm holding I, the jersey in my hand. I, but I don't know if if the bear was on the shoulder. I don't know what they'd put as the logo there, uh, other than a B. Um, but also at the same time, having the Pooh Bear, just yeah, why not? For me, for me, it's a classic. It's a, uh, it's just like what I grew up with as their alternate jersey. NHL 2002, rock that jersey a lot. Yeah, with uh, Don Sweeney. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think all right, so I like the 73-74 jerseys, but I 
I feel like if you're going to do the reverse retro, I'm not sure what they are now, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. They went back to the 70s design. I think you gotta do the yellow base though. I like that. I like that like 60s, 70s look. The the thing that they should do that you probably are going to get at in a moment. You know how in the 70s the yoke of the jersey was the 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 golden yellow, as opposed to these days it's a black yoke on the white jersey. If you were to flip the white and the gold, right? So you have a white yoke on a gold jersey. In the seventies style, which is like the uh, what's that jersey that's right? We're looking at uh, the thing the that history, you have, have it, which I have, which I also have in my childhood <laughs> The problem with that is it's basically just last year, well, two years ago, the reverse retro. So but I don't know if you noticed, but from the seventies to the eighties, they just got rid of the yoke and the striping mostly stayed the same. So it was just kind of like, oh. Winter Classic, okay. they should go back to when they had the numbers on the front. The numbers of like football style? Yeah. Like no, they, that like should be a reverse retro right there. Yeah. That would be sick. Like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like gold version of that. Get the, uh, what was that, Eddie Shore? That would be more Milt Schmidt era. Milt Schmidt. Yes. Yes. You were correct. Yes, sir. Of course, the real reverse retro jersey is going to be the Pooh Bear jersey, and we love it because big fans of Winnie the Pooh here. Also, I have an autographed Ray Bork Pooh Bear. Yeah, jersey. Said it, they see, he said it's not going to be the Pooh Bear. Well, he said that two years so ago. Hopefully, it's the Crack Bear then. That'd be sick. There The Crack Bear is nice. Or the Meth Bear, whatever they call it. Meth Bear. They yeah. call it both terms, I believe. Depends on what side of the internet you're on. Yeah. Again, it's like Beantown versus the Hub versus what else do people call Boston? City of ah, Champions. Man. Things of that nature. Anyway, Sean also has a second question here, and it is Is Lysel playing this year? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. I do want to talk about this one for a lot longer than we probably want to talk about it. First line, Marchie is injured. I have. Uh, just again, a bone to pick with people that set unrealistic expectations. He's 18. He's not going to be good. He might impress you, but he's not going to be the player that he will be in two to three years. He might make you jump up out of your seat on a breakaway, which is great. We love to see it, but relax a little bit. He's going to make mistakes. Don't be that guy that shouts at him when, oh, this kid was supposed to be everything, but he turns out he sucks. He's 18. (laughs) He's going into his his first professional season at the NHL or AHL level if he somehow doesn't get sent back to juniors. So give him a little bit of slack. There is a reason why you try to put him with Patrice Bergeron and Jake DeBrus to begin with. But, I mean, if you're expecting him to carry the team on his own, maybe don't do that. Now, you might also consider the fact that the 2022 WIHF Men's World Junior Championship was delayed ultimately after it was originally canceled and then held in August. And training for something that's, first of all, in your usual off-season when you train just to get ready for September training camps, October training camps, whenever your season starts, uh, that can be a bit of a bump in the road. 
because Sweden didn't look like their usual selves and ultimately won bronze, but you know, they, they kind of, they were on it one game. They're off of it. The next game is the best way I can describe it. And Lysel was a big factor in that. He looked like he had some good games and he looked like he had some games where I saw an 18 year old on the ice and said, this is why you don't try to have crazy expectations. You, you don't try to say, oh, he's the next Tyler Sagan. He's going to score like 30 goals in his first year. No. And second, Tyler Sagan didn't even score 30 goals in his first year. You might just want to adjust your, your expectation to like 15 goals. That's a good first year. Second year is where you want to see more improvement and then you want to see consistent improvement there on out. But just get into the rhythm Play like the Sergei Samsonov that he reminds me of on the ice. Be the next PJ Axelson if you want. A lot of people forget his prime was pretty fantastic to watch in terms of puck moving. Uh, but Lance is like, everybody calm yeah. down. He throws out Sergei Samsonov and PJ right. Axelson. Like, come on, Lance. Yeah. I, they weren't, they, even they weren't, you know, like right out the gate. They took a couple of years to get into their rhythm. They impressed. <laughs> arguably could have thrown them in the Selkie vote in terms of that one guy that always votes for that one person that probably shouldn't get a Selkie vote, but ends up with one anyway and finishes like 15th as a result. But Hey, you know what? Just focus on being a professional athlete and attaining some semblance of your prime or something. I don't know. Um, I think Luzel, I'm interested to see if he pulls a Sergey Samson off and breaks his hand and then lets me shake it. We'll see about that one. Well, we don't want to see him injured. <laughs> but I do think he would um let you shake it. No. <laughs> I do think uh he would play with Bergeron while Marshall's injured if he's to start. Because I don't think they want to just toss him on the fourth line. Yeah. I mean at this point Patrice Bergeron is a Martin Lapointe to Martin Lapointe's Patrice Bergeron. Like, if Bergeron's so good at mentoring players, like what's the like if that's gonna be your second line too, uh Lizelle, Bergeron and, and Debrosque, then like I don't know, you don't want to just start him out there on the fourth line because that's not his game. And like third line, you're already kind of thinking Zaka, Coyle, Smith, right? Unless you want to bump down Smith and throw Lizelle on the right wing. With so, I mean, I think mentoring under Bergeron is great, especially while this team is injured. And they could be through the first few months, they could be just like a little bit above 500. Like this, it's probably not going to be a good team early. It's going to be pretty ugly. And but, it wouldn't hurt you if you had to throw them with Krejci and Pasternak. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'd be a good guy to fill in on that top six with injuries. Not that I'm expecting him to like replace the skill level of the players he's replacing, but it's it's his style of game. It's his pace of game, and he just needs to get used to that pace at the NHL level, which is very different than goes a lot quicker than you think. Any league, (laughs) so. Uh, Any more questions? Is that Oscar Steen? The greatest ever or the greatest ever? The greatest quads ever. That's your goddamn sure. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, he's someone I would put on the fourth line, but that's just me. Yeah. No, I'm cool with that. Steam works for me. Was that right? Yeah, it seems like we don't think we've. I don't think we have anything else unless I hit refresh and we. Yeah, that's longer than I expected. Thank you very much, fellow Homo sapiens. 
um, for listening to the Brews and Burns podcast, episode 92 of season three. We'll see you soon. The record for goals in a season. We'll see you soon. Well, we won't see you. We'll see your tweets or we'll hear your heartbeats. Through the love of this podcast, woke into every step of the way.